Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a good brother that I met through mutual friends. Uh, he's a family man. He always has great insight on things, and I've wanted to get him on a podcast. Mr. Lafayette Melton, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, man, it's, it's definitely an honor. I've, <laughs> I've been wanting to reach out for you for a long time, and then I said, you know what, forget it. I'm going to just ask him to see see what his response is. And thankfully you, you responded immediately and said you would do it. So I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. I ain't nobody, man. I'm just, uh... <laughs> <laughs> nah, you somebody, we are somebody, but like I said, man, I'm, I'm genuinely I truly admire the person you are. And, and it's really is an honor for me to get you on here. Hey, I appreciate that, man. I, I definitely do. Now, I, I wanted to start with uh, fatherhood because, you know, you're a great father and I always see you keeping up with your kids and everything with the family. What was the feelings you had when you first became a father? Uh, so for me, you know, my situation is probably not so unique to a lot of people, but at the same time, um, I don't think falls within the sort of traditional sense of you know, having a planned pregnancy and sort of having a, um, you know, a nuclear family already put together and, and sort of expecting a child. So for me, um, I, I actually had my son when I was 21. So I'm, if you can imagine, I'm in college. Um, I was actually playing basketball at the time. And, you know, it wasn't planned. And so for me, to be perfectly honest and transparent, it was devastating man like uh you know it was just sort of this reality that everything that I had known my life to be was changing all of the different aspirations that I had were now going to have to compete with this life-changing event um and so for us um you know it was just sort of this transition of thinking about what this was going to mean for somebody so young and you know just a little bit more about my background. Like I grew up where my mom had me at 19. Mm. So, you know, I just, a lot of things were going through my head at that time. You know, was I sort of repeating the cycle? Uh, one of the things I didn't want to do, um, you know, I came from poverty. So was I now going to sort of put myself in my my child in a predicament where they were going to be now facing a lot of the challenges I had growing up. So quite frankly, man, to be honest, it was just this huge burden and weight that hit me. Now, when the shock and trauma wore off a little bit and you start to sort of let the reality set in, things shifted to optimism. And, you know, I do give a lot of kudos to my family, particularly my sister. She was just extremely positive about the situation. And, you know, um, my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, you know, we really were in love, though. So, you know, even though it wasn't planned, my son was definitely uh, born out of love. And so the greatest thing about that gift is that I always dreamed about being a father and particularly like wanting to be a great dad. And so when when the reality shifted to that, I started to look at it from that sense and really just sort of get prepared for what was to come and just sort of plan to be the best dad I could be. 
Wow. I'm going to be honest, man. I wasn't expecting that answer. I'm just going to be completely honest. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an honest answer, but I wasn't expecting it because, you know, again, see, I, we met later in life. So I, I can't, I never really thought about your son age, but just to hear you say, man, it, it was like a competition. That's pretty deep. Yeah. Now, you were you were you were playing ball in school. What were you playing? Yeah, I was playing basketball in college, and so you know, to be a collegiate athlete, you know, you 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 spend a lot of time and you put a lot of work into a lot of um, you know your success and where you want to go with your sport. And you know, I had obviously done that, but it also alludes to the fact that I had a great deal of love for the sport. I was a completely dedicated athlete and you know, again, to, to sort of be faced with having a pregnancy, I felt like I had let a lot of people down, including my teammates and coaches. Um, but, you know, the silver lining in all of this is that there's another side of the coin, which was that I don't know a lot of people may be able to attest to this, but fatherhood or motherhood, when you become a young parent, um, and maybe it don't matter whenever age you start to have your first child, there just becomes this sort of focus that you get about your life just automatically turns from everything was about me and what I want to now I'm doing everything for my child. And it actually added sort of a, a sort of sense of purpose to everything I did that I didn't have before. You know, everything was sort of self-focused at one point and then all of a sudden it became about something bigger. And so I actually like dedicated a little bit more to my you know, schoolwork. I was already a decent student, but it's like everything had new meaning. You know, I had to be that much more successful and it, it sort of translated on the court. And um, yeah, so I was just, you know, in college and, and playing, but also sort of faced with this reality that I didn't have to give up on that. And so I just continued to play. I had a couple years left. Oh, wow. So you did. So you did. So you didn't leave the team. You actually stayed and played. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, what was I know that had to be tough balancing that. Yeah, it was tough, man. It really was. Um obviously I had to sacrifice a lot of things. Um maybe the extra gym time that I would have taken in the past certainly lost a lot of social life. Like that was really not an option. Um I had to work, I had to make money. So like all of my free time was sort of scheduled out. You know, I have really any time to just kind of chill. Like everything was dedicated to a certain segment of, um, you know, sort of making sure that I was taking care of my responsibilities. And I just always had something to do. And not for nothing, like I have to give props and kudos um, to my wife. She was my girlfriend at the point at that point. But just really also having her support and being able to commit wasn't easy for her. It wasn't a sacrifice I took my on my own. She definitely held me down. She was, you know, the parent that was there all the time, making sure that, you know, if I wasn't able to be present, had a game or whatever, she'd come to the games, bring Jalen with them, with her. And, you know, it was just sort of like us trying to work through it. Um, you know, as even though as it was as difficult as it was, you know, she definitely put her best foot forward and, you know, wasn't bitter about me finishing school. She understood, I think, even then that that was going to be the best thing for our family and sort of putting me in a place 
where I was progressing as opposed to coming to a stop and maybe even going backwards. And so I really always appreciate that about, you know, what she was able to do for me at that time. Man, at any point, did you did you consider quitting basketball, quitting the team? Yeah, I mean, it was a very real conversation. Um, I never really considered uh, dropping out of college or school because I knew I could work and, you know, still finish school. You know, I, like I said, I, I was a junior at the time, so I had two years left. And um, it was just more about can I still live out the rest of this this dream, which obviously was a luxury. Um, um, but it's just, again, one of those things that I had dedicated so much of my time and um, had worked so hard to get to that point. You know, I didn't want to sort of, um, you know, go back and just sort of like cut the cord on something like that. And, you know, it was a very deep and long, hard conversation that we had uh, as a family. And, you know, just decided that, you know, with our mothers and our parents, like we would be able to kind of uh, work it out. Man, that, man, that's great. I commend you for, for having the drive and, and, and attitude to finish that. I truly commend you. Yeah. Thank you. What now, you know, you make sure to be an active parent with your children and all that activities. Why is that important to you? Um, well, you know, I kind of alluded to it a little earlier, but, um, you know, I didn't really give the backstory. So the, the context for me is that er, very early on, my um, my mom and dad were having some issues because my father was um, a drug addict. And so it really created a situation where my mother could not sort of sustain a relationship. Um, it went from you know, just obviously not knowing where he was to just sort of the dysfunction of that whole situation to just him really getting as bad as like selling stuff in the house. So she actually, uh, we left New York and came to the DMV set up shop here and it was rough. And so with him staying in New York, you know, even though I know my father had genuine love for me and my sister, there was just absolutely um, no help or no, like a, a serious lack of presence from him. I might get a phone call every once in a while and I don't know when that was coming. It was very random. And, you know, it just was just, a, again, a single mom doing the best she could. And so when you're in that situation, sometimes, you know, you kind of repeat the sins of the father or a lot of us sort of say, well, what I can take from this is I don't want to be nothing like that. And so for me, I think a lot of my life, especially my early years, was predicated on I don't ever want my children to go through the hurt that I'm going through. The rough Christmases, not having hot water, having your lights cut off, those type of things just, you know, they get burned into your memory and you just have sort of like this little epiphanies like, nah, I, I, whatever I got to do, I'm never going to let my family go through this. And so when I was sort of presented with the privilege of being a father, I certainly was ready to do whatever it took to step up to the plate and be the best father I could ever be. Everything that I didn't have, everything that I wanted uh, to see in a father, I wanted to embody that for my son. Um, I actually have a daughter as well now, 
And so, you know, again, that, that just, that legacy for me has been a big part of my life and wanting to make sure that I establish sort of that legacy for them. Man, that's, that's great, man. I, I'm gonna be honest. These, these, this conversation is actually very enlightening. Like, you know, me and you, we have mutual friends, but this is like the first time that we've actually had a chance to really sit down and talk and wow. The, the 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 journey that you've been on like it's just amazing the things you find out about a person when you actually get a chance to sit down and talk with them yeah no doubt now you have always been open about your faith how has that helped you develop as a man yeah like my faith is such an important part of my life like um you know i think for a lot of people, man, there are certain things that really are drivers for them, uh, things that motivate them, things that make them feel like they're, you know, within their purpose. For me, early on, that that was something that I, you know, always sort of had um, a a deep connection with was my faith. And a lot of that is because I was really fortunate enough to have what I would call an encounter with God. So, you know, obviously people have different belief systems, um, but very much you see people that subscribe to religion. They subscribe to sort of traditions, perhaps their grandmother or their parents made them do these customs, like going to church and things like that. Um, And so for them, it becomes a ritual. But for me, um, again, like I told you, you know, I didn't really come from sort of this home where we had that type of, you know, sort of tradition instilled in us. Now, obviously, my grandparents were believers and had a, fit, a strong faith, but I wasn't being raised around them in, in New York. Um, but I just felt like God was always connecting with me and talking to me. And so for me, rather than having sort of religion, I had what was what I consider a relationship. And so when you have a relationship with somebody and it's real and you recognize what they're doing for you, that they love you, that they're looking out for you, um, that they're giving you, God is telling you you what you should and shouldn't do. You know, it's very much, um, it's very much more than just tradition and rituals. It's much more than just going to church and going through the motions because somebody told you to. And so while I certainly wasn't perfect, I had my, definitely my share of mistakes. I mean, obviously having my, my son at 21, but, you know, I just certainly was somebody who just always felt a connection um, with God and a higher power. And so, you know, throughout my journey, he's always been there. And so for me, um, I actually don't view a lot of what I have and any type of success as my own. I, I feel like, um, I always tell my wife what I consider myself and what I think most of us should really understand is that we're stewards. And so a steward is someone who is responsible for the resources that they're given. So for me, even my children, my wife, all of these things are resources that I've been given. And I have to be, I have the better brunt of being a responsible, good steward over them. And so I don't own them. You know, I just have to do the best that I can to guide them and contribute to their lives and edify what it is that they're here to do. Um, Obviously, my faith takes a lot of different shapes in my life. 
Um, but ultimately, God is what governs my life. And, you know, that that's very much easier said than done. You know, it's just a lot of different dynamics that go into, you know, working through your troubles and things that you're faced with from day to day, particularly when it comes to parenting. But, <clears throat> yeah, there's no doubt that, you know, my faith has had a strong influence on the decisions that I've made. And a lot of times, um, the different choices that I pursue, um, just as, as it pertains to my career, um, you know, my family, all of these different things. Um, and you know, one of the, the biggest things that I, I can honestly say that I really am sort of comfortable coming to terms with is just being humble enough to say, I don't know everything and I don't know what, is best for me all the time. I don't know what's best as a father or as a husband all the time. So it's just an awesome thing to be able to sort of read scripture and sort of connect with God and have him give me better insight onto what I can do, what I should do, and what is the best course of action for a lot of the things that I'm faced with. And I can honestly say through all my ups and downs, there's nothing in me that feels like God is steering me wrong. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> now you've been married for over ten years. Uh, how many years exactly? I want to get. I want to be correct. Thirteen, going on fourteen. Wow, man! Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. How have you and your wife been able to navigate through marriage successfully? Um. So this is sort of like you know piggybacking off of the last question. So a lot of the credit really has to to go to God. Um, you know, we really center our marriage um, on a lot of like, you know, the principles that we believe in based on our faith. And it really helps to have sort of like <laughs> a neutral party. So for instance, you know, I have my own preferences and, you know, personalities and characteristics that really make me who I am. And probably like a lot of relationships me and my wife are like almost opposites in a lot of ways. And they say opposites attract. And there's probably some truth to that. But it causes it causes so many problems and disagreements about the smallest things. But, you know, a lot of times what has really brought us through is just this common mutual respect for what God would have us do. And so it's, you know, if, if real married people are honest with you, they'll tell you marriage is very difficult, you know? And so our faith even tells us that marriage is like a requirement to die to self daily. It's just a, it's a discipline of literally putting yourself's desires and suppressing them for, you know, the common good of the family or even making your spouse more important than yourself. And so for us to kind of constantly go through that, you know, it can weigh on you and it can wear on you. So we oftentimes can go back to our faith and feel really good about how to, you know, forgive one another, how to communicate better, and also how to like bridge those areas where we see things completely different. And, and to that point, like I literally sometimes wonder how people who don't sort of like have that faith or aren't grounded on something like that. I don't know how they marriages make it and how they survive because it's gotten through, it's gotten us through some tough 
issues where we were like on polar ends of the, you know, of the issue. Um, but also, you know, it's just like this great thing about sort of marriage is that I've really truly believed that when, whether you're opposites or not, you really do complement one another. And a lot of times the strengths and weaknesses of one another get covered by the other spouse. So, you know, marriage is really a great thing, despite how challenging and hard it can be. And so what we've done is we've actually, um, you know, been active in our church for a while. We were fortunate enough to be brought into our church's marriage ministry. And initially, while I was kind of reluctant, like looking at myself, like, what do I know about helping people in their marriage? Like, I got my own problems. Um, but the great thing about being involved in ministry is that it really brings to the surface a lot of the talents that you may not have known that you have, but it also holds you accountable to a higher standard. And when you have that standard set for yourself, you're going to try to reach it. You know, you, you feel like you don't want to let people down or you want to be successful. And so that has really given us extra incentive to push our marriage to the next level so that we can bless or help other people who have either gone through stuff that we've been through or might be going through something we haven't been through, but we can be sort of a help to them and assist them. And, you know, honestly, like we've had so many of our friends come to us in a vulnerable space to tell us we need y'all help. And we've been able to sort of help a lot of our family and friends through some real troubling times and see their marriage get completely repaired. Um, our marriage ministry is a great sort of function for us. It allows us to connect with other married couples, which is also, again, if you don't, if you marry and you don't have sort of other married couples that you can go to and be vulnerable with and that they genuinely care about your marriage, like that's something that I would sort of ask any married couple to sort of seek out. I mean, you really want to find somebody authentic and organic, but at the same time, you know, maybe it don't start out that way, but it's certainly better than not having anybody or, or consulting your single friends about stuff that they really can't understand. Man, definitely. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think it could be said any better, man. You, you have a great insight and great perspective on marriage. Definitely. Thanks. Now, You've done a, you've done some you know great things you know you've you, you've built your family you've you got a very good career how do you define success? Well, I think success is you know subjective, and I also think it's a moving target. I think what might be success at one stage of your life might be completely different in another stage, and so I don't think. Um, it ever really is the same thing for everybody. Um, but I think, you know, when I, when I think about that question, it's centered around your priorities. So success to me is whatever your priorities are, um, how well you are able to accomplish goals within that particular scope of that particular objective. So if, you know, your faith in your family, and your friends is sort of your your priorities. How well are you managing those relationships? Um, what are you bringing to the table? And how well are you executing the goals that you set? 
you know, other people, you know, their career and things like that might be their, um, their success. So for me, you know, I think I've kind of sort of shed light on some of that. For me, I learned very early on that my success was going to be based on the imprint that I leave behind when I'm gone for the people that mean the most to me. And a lot of that is my family, but it's also the people I interact with. It could be my coworkers. And, you know, I think with us just losing Kobe Bryant, you know, it's, it's sort of like seeing that it's not so much about what imprint he left on a, on a basketball court or on a game. It's how he impacted people. And so our legacy with other people is really where I think we really should define success. If you winning, you got all the money in the world, popularity and celebrity, but you treat people terrible, don't nobody really like you, they smile in your face because of what you could do for them behind your back, they can't stand you. Yeah, you could be successful. Some people could call that success. I don't. So for me, you know, I think success is really centered around how you make people feel and, you know, the legacy you leave behind. Definitely. You know, again, you've, you've done, you've done a lot of things. Um, what are the biggest, what are your biggest goals you're looking to accomplish in the next one to five years? Um, so one of the big things for me is really sort of putting together, um, my son is getting ready to go to college. Um, and so really getting him in a position over the next few years to really be positioned and in a posture to be a, a man. And, you know, there's just, there's a movie called Baby Boy, John Singleton did, that really touched on something that I think afflicts our, our community in particular. And it's just a lot of dysfunction in the home can kind of create situations where young black men are are sort of grown physically but mentally they just they can't support themselves and they and the way i define a man is a man who can take care of others and so not only is he taking care of himself he's helping take care of others if you just take care of yourself you know that's the bare minimum I want my son to be in a position where he's not dependent on us or other people. And so it's just really working with him over the next few years to work through that transition. That's one of my bigger goals. Um, another one of my goals is to travel as much as possible. Man, I mentioned how I have my son at 21. Obviously, you can imagine the amount of sacrifice me and my wife had just having a child so young. You miss a lot of the fun things while people like, you know, that your friends was out doing them, doing those things that, you know, you couldn't do, going places you couldn't go, taking trips. Me and my wife kind of like on the tail end of our kids being older now, but we're still young. So we get to travel <laughs> a little bit more. Um, the great thing is we have a little bit more money to play with. So this is our time to kind of sort, you know, enjoy ourselves and have a little bit of fun and not be so stressed out. And it's funny because a lot of my friends kind of got young children now, you know, and they going through a lot of that sacrifice that I went through at such an early age. So just exploring a little bit more travel and um, really just, again, uh, pouring into my kids is always one of the big things that I want to do as well. 
where you where you guys have in mind traveling to? Um, well, for us, we just went to Paris last year. And so that was my first time in Europe. And it just really sort of opened this whole new perspective I have about, um, you know, international travel. And so um, I travel a lot for work. But unfortunately, a lot of it is just, you know, um, within the states. And so I've really done the states like I've pretty much done almost all the cities that I would want to go to in the States. So now my focus is really on like international travel and my wife is really like on board with that. So I think for us, you know, obviously there's quite a few countries in Africa that are high on our list. Um, we also definitely interested like in Greece and the Mediterranean, but also like Southeast Asia um, is some somewhere else we'd like to go to. Um, you know, if, if we can, you know, we'd love to get out to Hawaii. Um, but yeah, man, we got we got a long list, man. It's just so many places we want to go to. Man, I tell you what, I'm gonna be honest. I got a whole lot more in this interview than I was expecting, man. Um, you have a, you've truly had an interesting journey, but I will say you you've been a you've been a great man about it. You've accomplished some great things. And I definitely want to commend you for staying strong and dedicated and loyal to your family and being the great father you are, man. So I definitely salute you for that. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And, and then thank you for just sort of providing a platform to share certain stories like this because, you know, some somebody out there might connect with it. And if anything, you know, it might give somebody some insight where they could learn something and, you know, it might impact their life in a positive way. So you know, kudos to you, and I hope you continue to sort of tap into, you know, all of the different people in your network that might be able to share different stories that resonate for people in a way that, you know, sheds light on a lot of the positive things that, you know, people in your circle are doing. Definitely. That's the goal. Like, just highlighting brothers like yourself who, you know, who may not get to put their story out. That was the whole idea of my podcast, just to be able to get you know get people that you know everybody may not know but we're all people you know we're all in the everyday living life and i just want people who will have good stories and good you know they're on great paths they, they've had interesting journeys i wanted them to be able to share this and, and again just you know we you know me and you we've talked a couple of times but never really this in depth and yeah. i had no idea you know the journey you were on so just to just to hear you know the the journey you were on you know how you've had to adapt to so many changes and challenges man i i genuinely admire respect you for being able to pull it off man yeah and you know we ain't really mention it but you know we kind of grew up in some challenging times i mean probably everybody could probably say that you know what i mean uh through different um, sort of social times, whether the country was at war and stuff like that. But, you know, being young black brothers growing up through the late 80s and early 90s, man, like our community was going through it, you know. And you know, when you talk about... That's a whole nother podcast right there. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, again, to, to be where we are now with podcasts, man, and you think about sort of... Um, you know, what that just, again, being here and being able to sort of share our different stories, um, you know, it's just an awesome thing to be able to kind of shed light on 
what people have been through and maybe it will sort of help people have gain some perspective on how to navigate some situations in their own lives. Definitely, man. Well, again, man, thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, I wish you all the best um, with everything with your career and the future traveling. And also your son headed off to college, man. Congratulations to you and your wife, because that's a huge accomplishment for the whole Melton family. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And I want to thank everyone for listening, and a special thank you to my sponsors, First Gen Fly and Chain Entertainment. And also a special thank you for my Patreons, Roundaway Mom and Mr. Richard Mitto. Again, thank you all for listening to the podcast, and have a great day.